0: Does anyone else eat this? Oh my goodness, it's $7 a tub, and, but you can get it on special for $5 in Woolworths. It's just Cadbury dairy milk chocolate ice cream. It is the best. I cut up bananas. Yuck, bananas. You can also put it, it's a bit loud, Steve, oh, you want to turn me down a bit? I'm a bit? Feed them back. You can also get sultanas and put it in it as well. Sultanas, oh, bananas, sultanas. And chocolate ice cream. I'm getting a lot of plain faces that people aren't interested in this. Galatians chapter 5 this morning, friends, there's a reason why we're talking about ice cream. But however, that's just really nice to talk about ice cream, particularly when it's that variety. I love it. I love ice cream. Thank you. All right. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning, and we pray, Lord, that you would use this message for your glory. Lord, that you'll be speaking to us from your word, that you will use my words um, to penetrate hearts. God, we're here today and we say, God, speak to us, change us, mold us, make us more like your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, um, I want to tell you about my wife, Michelle. It was really good, actually, that... I asked those questions about Ken and Fiona, tell me about the, that wasn't planned, that just come on, that just happened, because I want to tell you about my wife, Michelle. She, I am so blessed to be married to this woman, she's not here, so that's a good thing, I think. Um, I'm so blessed to be married to this woman, she's my best friend. She's the person, everyone goes, oh, and, and all the couples do the, these ones, you know, cuddle up, rub each other's legs, oh, not those two, that's not okay, Thomas and Noel started cuddling, not, not okay, guys, not Okay. She's my best friend, and um, I just love spending time with her. She's just the person that I love hanging around. Even if I'm digging in the backyard or mowing the grass, just having her in the house is just, just awesome. I love it when she talks to me gently, and talks in, um, in in bed at night. We can, we lay in bed, and she starts talking, and and her talking, talking, we're talking in bed, guys, talking. Settle down where I'm talking in bed, and, and her voice is so nice, it puts me to sleep. And she, 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 she... Are you awake? She did it last night. Yeah, sort of. Are you awake? She does that to me. Um, she's She's got these little cheeks that are puffy, if you've noticed. And, they, and so, she's got this smile. And, uh, and her body... Woo-hoo. Anyway, not for that stuff, you know. So, you know... My wife's wonderful, but 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 in any relationship, sometimes you run into some some tension, some conflict. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Nah, no one, no one, no one, no one knows what I'm talking about. Um, on occasion, on on the 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 slimmest occasions, sometimes Michelle does something that frustrates me. It Doesn't happen very often. It happens occasionally, and and, and I want to tell you about a story that that happened just recently. So. Um, in our we were in the backyard and we've, we've, we built a house around a cricket pitch because it was really important that we could play cricket in the backyard. So <laughs> up one side of our house we have this cricket pitch and, and I put this garden, if you've been to my house you know what I'm talking about, I put this garden in next to the cricket pitch, it's just got bark in it at the moment, there's no plants yet. And I thought to myself, we should get rid of that garden so the cricket pitch is a bit wider because we need a bit more space. Dummy boys, yes? Who thinks this is a good, yeah, good idea? Good. So, I, so I said to Michelle, hey Michelle, I was thinking and I think that it will be good to get rid of the garden so we can extend the cricket pitch. And she goes, no, we're not doing that and that's not negotiable. <laughs> that's, what she, that's what she said. You like that, Tony? Oh, she, was, she was, wow. Now, now within me, Within my thing here, there was all these emotions. Oh, wow. They started to turn. I wanted to say, I wanted, hear that, I wanted to say things like this. Who are you to say that? Are you the head of this house? Do you pay the bills? I thought I was there. Oh, she's coming in. She's smiling at me. Hi, Cheryl. Surprise. Surprise coming in. So what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say was, what do you mean it's non-negotiable? Aren't we, isn't this the marriage? Aren't we supposed to work this stuff out together? Who are you to, who are you to say that, that, that this is non-negotiable? That's what happened within me. But then there was this conflict, this tension with that, where I was like, no, I shouldn't do that. I should be gentle and peaceful and forgiving and, 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 and gentle and kind. And so there's this tension. There's this, this is what I want to do, but I'm, this is this thing that I should do. And you know what? For a change, for a change, I did it well. All right? For a change, I did it well. I went, I'm going to say nothing. Cool down. And I was busy that night, so I'll t- we'll talk about it tomorrow. So the next day, we sat down, and we talked about it well, and it was a great conversation, and we communicated it clearly. Michelle got her way, as always. and, and it was And it was... And, and it was a win because we uh, did it well. We communicated well. Not, it doesn't always get away. No, we. Long story, but we're we're uh, we're uh, keeping we keeping the garden. We. That's right. So the my wife wants me to tell the true story. So so the true story is, um, we 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 agreed on the garden in the first place. That's why we put it in. And then I wanted to change it. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever, shell, whatever. So, point of the story is, it uh, it was a win. We uh, communicated well because I didn't lose it. But that doesn't always happen. Shock factor doesn't always happen, does it, shell? I don't always handle things the way that I should handle things. And 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 sometimes when I when I want to go rah, and even when I know I shouldn't go rah. The raw still comes out. There's this tension that goes on within me. Can anyone else relate to what I'm talking about this morning? Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you're in a re- and if you're sitting next to your partner, give him one of these ones. Um, you're you're in a relationship. You're in a relationship, and and things aren't going the way that you want them to go, and you're frustrated. And you feel like going rah, but you know you shouldn't. And so there's this conflict and there's this tension that happens within you. And you know what? It's not just in relationships. It can be in every part of life. Now, let me give you some examples. Maybe you're at a party and it's one of our friends from our church's party. And Nina Gordon's made the cake. Now, if you don't know Nina, she just makes the best cakes, do not they? Best cakes. And they cut up the cake And you have a piece and you go, wow, that is really, really good. And you notice there's some more pieces on the table that no one's eaten. And so there's this conflict that happens within you. You go, I want to eat the cake because it's going to feel really good. But the other side is, I know I shouldn't eat the cake because it's not good for me and it's going to, too much sugar and all the other reasons. And there's this tension within you. Maybe this, someone has said something horrible to you. They've abused you. I had this happen to me yesterday. Someone abused me. And then what do you do in, in that case? It wasn't my wife. It was someone. I was running, right? Doing my 5K loop. And I was crossing a road. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but we're here now, so I'm going to keep going. And we're crossing a road, and, and, and I was going to run behind the car, but the car started to go, so I changed direction and headed straight across. But as I got close, He stopped. So I put my hands on his bonnet and jumped around the car because he didn't want to put my knees into it. Anyway, he jumped out and started abusing me, saying I did it on purpose and that if I keep doing that, someone's going to punch my head in. I went, dude, you stopped. Yeah, I know I stopped because the sun was in my eyes. It was an accident. I'm sorry. Anyway, got abused. Whatever. In that situation, when someone says something horrible to you, how do you handle it? Do you go, rah, or do you... Treat them in the way that you should treat them. Because regularly there's this tension within us that when someone says something horrible to us, we feel like we want to give it to them or rip into them or revenge. Or, or do we do what's right and we forgiving and loving and gentle? Third example, maybe you're watching television. And this is particularly for the men. This is true, I think. You're watching television and that scene comes on, the nudie scene, and you've got the remote in your hand. Part of you goes, cool, this is going to be good. But then there's this tension, this conflict that says, you know what, I shouldn't be doing that, I should be turning it off right now because that is respecting and honoring and loving and there's this tension within us. What is this tension this morning that I'm talking about? What's this conflict I'm talking about? Oh, there's Michelle and I. That's not the tension and conflict I'm speaking about. It's this. It's the tension between the flesh and the spirit. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. When this passage talks about flesh, it's talking about our sinful nature, it's talking about our self focused living, where we are living to please ourselves, to, to make us feel good, and the, but the result is that it actually hurts us, it hurts others, and it hurts God. In this passage in Galatians 5, we're going to look at a couple of bits now, and then we're going to look at it in more detail a bit later. It describes the life of the flesh. It says the acts of the flesh, our sinful nature, our self-focused, all about me, satisfy me, living is this. Um, there are some other versions of the Bible that I that use. Rather than obvious, the word is used, evident or plain. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. I'm going to define these terms later. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish, ambi- selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. If we're talking about the flesh, we're talking about the things that please ourselves, that hurt ourselves, that hurt others, that hurt God, there's something. That's the list. And the like. So there's more to that list than that. That's the flesh. But then there's a the spirit. The spirit of God that is within every believer who has given you a new, a new nature. That flesh nature is, being, is over and dead, but yet it still comes back. We'll talk about that a bit later too. But we have this spirit nature, this, this our new self that God has given us, and his spirit is leading us, he's changing us, he's setting us on the path that God has for us. And it says the fruit of the spirit, really well-known verse, is love. Who knows this without looking? Close your eyes and say it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Gent- that one? And self I said them out of order. They use the word forbearance for patience there. And self-control, Galatians chapter 5. This is the outworking of the Spirit in your life. looks like those things. Now, as a church, we've been talking about um, roadblocks. Roadblocks to moving forward. And what we've said is that God wants us to move forward. And when we talk about forward, we're talking about taking initiative. We talk about fulfilling God's calling. We talk about being obedient and in our first message on vision Sunday this year we looked at Jeremiah chapter 7 where where our God says that when you are disobedient you're going backwards but when you're obedient you're going forwards obedience is about going forward and God wants us to be living a life of obedience stepping out to fulfill God's calling taking initiative to live the life that God wants us to live but yet yeah, so regularly There are these roadblocks that we run into, and this is now our fifth week. We've done a lack of vision. We've done... I need to write... I've forgotten them. Here we go. We've done fear. We've looked at our thinking. Last week, we looked at shame. And today, the roadblock we're going to look at is the roadblock of the flesh. This self-focused, sinful nature where it's about pleasing me, making me feel good at the extent of others, which actually hurts me, and it hurts God. We um, talk about getting real as a church. Here's one of my real stories. Want a real story? This is a real story. On Fridays, um, I like to go to Cronulla Beach to exercise, get away from it all, sit on the beach, read my Bible. But when I get there, I I do a couple laps of the park down at Wanda, do some exercise, and then I run an eight-kilometer run down to the fisheries and back. And, and, and on occasion, there are these really pretty girls that happen to be heading in the, in the other direction. And, and I notice these pretty girls. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing. And God's made men to notice pretty girls. So I notice the pretty girl, but then there's this tension, there's this conflict within me. My flesh... My sin nature, my thing that makes me want to feel good, says, turn around and have another look. But the Spirit says, keep your eyes forward. And so I'm in this conflict, I'm in this tension of how I'm going to live. And friends, it's true for all of us that there, is, there are situations, there are circumstances in life where we're in a situation and there's this conflict, there's this tension between Fulfilling our flesh, that's a better word, satisfying our flesh, satisfying our sin nature, which hurts us, hurts others, hurts God, or choosing to be led by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Our text this morning, which we've looked at briefly, is from Galatians chapter 5. This message came out of a quiet time. When I was sitting on the beach, I'd just done my 8K run, and I'm sitting on my beach reading through Galatians, and I've been there for two weeks in the book of Galatians. What a book. Amazing. I haven't read it for a bit of time and just loved the book of Galatians. It was written by, and I want to give you the, the, the background so, we, so you understand the passage well. So it was written by the Apostle Paul. It's one of the earliest writings that we have, they believe. Excuse me. And... And he's he's writing to the churches in Galatia, and they were a church who had accepted the message of Jesus. They put their trust in him, and they were Christians. And Paul writes this letter because he's, he's concerned for them, because they have changed the message of Jesus to be something else. There are these teachers that have a Jewish background who are supposed to be Christians who are coming into their church and saying, it's great that you believe in Jesus, but that's not enough. Did you hear that? It's great that you believe in Jesus, but that's not enough. Because you need to have Jesus, but you also need to have the law. You need to have sacred days. You need to do these things. And you need to be circumcised if you're going to be okay in God's sight. And the Apostle Paul writes into that and said, no, that's not true. If you're going to be saved, it's through faith in Christ. And I think he summarizes the whole book in Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 through 16, that says this, We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Friends, we are saved through faith in Jesus. Jesus plus something equals nothing. It's Jesus, only Jesus. When we come to him in repentance, when we come to him in faith, we put our trust in him, we rely on him for salvation. That's how we're saved. And we live a life that honors him because we respond to him and to what he's done because he is our king, he is our Lord. And he says, now that you're saved, now that you're forgiven, now that you're accepted, now that you're in, live this way. Be led by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and the list goes on. So that's what's happening in the Galatian church, and Paul writes into that context. And when we hear Galatians chapter 5, he then writes this. He says, It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. And he says, Do not let your freedom, in other words, free from the law, you're no longer under the law, you're in Christ. Just because you're no longer under the law, that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. In other words, I don't have to fulfill the law anymore. Now I can live however I want. Paul says, no, no, no. You can't live however you want, because you belong to Jesus and you are called to live by His Spirit. Let's now read the passage in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, "You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Can someone open their iPhones or tablet or whatever you got, and look up the new living translation." Is there anyone? you got a new living. Who's got that? Melody, can you give it to me? Thank you. Let, let me read you this from the New Living Translation. You just read it from the NIV. The New Living says it so well. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers, brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Thank you. That whole idea of the sinful flesh and don't follow that is helpful, I think. Verse 14 up here, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So those obviously... A problem in the church, not only around their theology, Jesus plus law, but they were obviously treating each other poorly. That's why he talks about biting and devouring each other. He goes on and says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Look at verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, debauchery, excessive indulgence in sex and alcohol, idolatry, worshipping idols, witchcraft, spells, horoscopes, Ouija boards. Hatred, pretty self-explanatory. Discord, disagreement between people. Jealousy, you want what someone else has. Fits of rage, anger out of control. Selfish ambition, you're putting self before others. Dissensions, where there's strong disagreement. Factions is where one small group breaks away from the bigger group to achieve their agenda. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, which is group sex, And and the like. And he says, and I warn you. As I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says that those things are obvious in verse 19. Um, Another version says evident. Another version says plain. But I want to argue with the Apostle Paul for a moment. And I want to say, I want to suggest that those things aren't that obvious. Am I disagreeing with the Bible? No. I'm saying they aren't that obvious if you haven't got the Spirit of God. They aren't that obvious if you don't know what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Because if you're far from God, or if you don't know Him, or the Spirit of God is not working in you, well, that list looks okay. Look at last night. I didn't look at last night. Was there Mardi Gras last night? How much of that was going on last night? And they think it's perfectly fine because they're free to do whatever they want. But when we have the Spirit of God working in our lives, friends, that's when this stuff, we know it's wrong. We know it should be far from us, but again, there's this conflict, there's this tension between satisfying ourselves, which a lot of that does. It gives you a hit, and you feel good right then and there. But later, hurt, pain, shame, guilt. There's this tension within us, and you know, Paul writes, which I love: drunkenness, orgies, and East written, and the like. And the like, you know. And I was thinking about and the like, and you know what? I, I think our church—not just our church, but but Western—I shouldn't say our church because it's not just our church. But Western Christianity has and the like around our flesh, and and I originally called it comfort, but that's not it. But comfort is a problem that we has a problem that we have because it leads to something else. It leads to inaction. Where am I going with this? Well, Western Christians, people who live in Australia, who live in, around this community, we are so very blessed. We got houses and cars and mobile phones and families and hospitals and nice clothes and we are so, so blessed. We are so comfortable in what we got. And being comfortable makes us feel good. It pleases the flesh. And, and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. There's nothing wrong with having cars. There's nothing wrong with having, having houses. That, that's not the issue. Even though that pleases us, that, that, that's okay because it, it's nice. But, but what it leads to is inaction. Because we're so comfortable... Because we love sitting at home and watching the television, watching our favorite television show and our favorite television show right now is White Collar. We're into season three of White Collar. Anyone watch White Collar? You like White Collar? Yeah. It's good. I finished watching Suits. Anyone in Suits? Yeah. Suits and White Collar my two favorite shows and chocolate ice cream. That's my favorite. <laughs> watching watching Suits. Yes. The you fit. Got it. That's good. I like that. Who wants to go, go home right now and do that? Should I stop? Should I stop? Um, the reality is, you know, we get just so comfortable in our flat screen televisions and our nice houses and our nice cars and our nice clothes and making sure our kids are okay and, and schools, which is all really good, but, but it consumes us. And, 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 it, and it holds us back from taking initiative and stepping out and trying something for God. You know... As, as Christians, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 talk about, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That as Christians, we are called to sacrifice our life as an act of worship to Him. And I reckon the stuff, the comfortable life that we have actually holds us back from sacrifice. We're more interested in watching television at night than spending, spending our time with our unsafe friends. We're so focused on working so hard to pay off the mortgage that we haven't got time for unbelievers in our street. We haven't got time to get alongside that person who's struggling because we're so focused on getting the comfort level right that we're inactive for God. And I want to say... That should go on that list. The acts of the flesh are in action because of our personal comfort to make this feel good. And if I'm feeling good, well, then I'm okay. But what it does, it holds me back from doing the things that God wants for my life. Is that clear? I feel like I didn't say that very clearly. Is that clear, Shell? Clear? All right, let's move on. Then we go on to the fruit of the Spirit. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such sins is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified, we have put to death the flesh. With his passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. There's that whole thing about their context and how they're treating each other. There, but he says here that if you belong to Jesus, you have crucified, you have killed the flesh; is over. And yet, why does he say that the Spirit and the flesh are in conflict with each other? Well, friends, it's the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It's this idea that when we come to Christ, yes, our flesh is over. It is finished. It is washed away. And when you come to Christ, God gives you a new creation. God gives you. God makes you a new creation. He says that you are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. So God sets you, he gives you a new nature in Christ. But it seems like this old nature, which is crucified, likes to rise from the dead likes to stick its ugly head up. And that's why you have the battle, even though it's dead, even though you've got this new nature, this old nature, continues to rise up and tries to lead you astray. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It's on the screen. You who were taught with regard to your former lay of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to put off your old self, your sinful nature, the flesh to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, the new creation, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And, and while we live on earth, we have a new nature and that this old nature, which is finished, it's crucified and it's over, tries to rise its ugly head up. And that's going to continue until we reach heaven. Well, that's totally gone and we live in this new nature forever. If you look in your Bibles to um, Galatians chapter six, Galatians chapter six, verse seven through 10. I didn't bring a Bible up to the platform. How bad is that? Galatians chapter six. Galatians, seven through 10. Galatians chapter six, seven through 10. Paul summarizes his letter here. He says, "Do not be conceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sin nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Friends, we live in this tension We live in this conflict where our flesh, our feel good, the thing that makes us happy at the time is in battle with what we know is true and the work of the spirit in our lives. How are you going with the battle this morning? How are you going with the battle this morning? You know, when we gratify the flesh, which is like this chocolate ice cream, which I'm just going to eat right now, if that's all right, because I just want to eat it. You know, when we gratify the flesh, which is not good for you, and it's full of sugar... Thanks, wife. I, I didn't know this just like at home. <laughs> of course it is. Shell. at the beginning of the message, you didn't hear the beginning. I said the nicest things about you. Did I say nice things about you? Yeah. It's, it'll be recorded, I'm sure. Thank you, darling. That's awesome. You know, this is not good for you. It's full of sugar. Oh, but wow. It just tastes sensational. We're not good for that. That's why I run and do push-ups and sit-ups. And I'm double dipping, so you can't have any. <laughs> you know, when we, when we satisfy the flesh, you know, it feels so good at the time. Like, really, really good at the time. But, but later, later, you have to run more because it does the weight thing. And as we satisfy the flesh, it uh, may get us out of trouble. It, it, it may give us a hit at the time, but later we feel rubbish. We can hurt people, we can hurt God. But when we follow the Spirit at the time, at the time, it, it may not feel as good as the flesh. If you follow the work of the Spirit, it may not feel as good as the flesh. It may not give you the hit. It, it may not give you the, 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 the satisfaction of this evil product that goes in your taste buds. But, but long term... You live free, and your relationship with God is good, and your relationship with others is good, and, and you feel great about how you're living. Let's get real practical this morning. What do you do when? I'm going to finish with this. What do you do when someone hurts you? What do you do when someone hurts you? Your flesh says, take revenge, hold a grudge. The Spirit says, Forgive. What do you do when you get it wrong? Do you beat yourself up? That's the flesh. Do you tell yourself you're no good? Friends, that's the flesh. But the Spirit says to forgive yourself. What do you do when when someone who is not your spouse wants to be intimate with you? The Spirit, the the flesh says, woohoo, here we go. But the Spirit says, self-control. What do you do when there's heaps of free alcohol at an event and all your friends are drinking and they've drunk too much? Your flesh says, well, I want to feed into the crowd so I will be part of them. But the Spirit says, self-control. What do you do when your spouse starts yelling at you for not taking the garbage out? Your flesh says, yell back at them. But the Spirit says, be gentle and be forgiving. What do you do when you're sitting with a group of friends and they start to brag about how good they are? Your flesh says, well, join in. Tell them how good you are. But the Spirit says, be humble. What do you do when you did the wrong thing at work? When you did the wrong thing at work and your boss wants to know who's responsible, your flesh says, I'm going to lie to get out of this. But, you, but the Spirit says, I'm going to tell the truth no matter what the consequence. What do you do when you're on your computer and a porno site pops up? Your flesh says, click on it. Woo-hoo-hoo. But the Spirit says, close it and don't look at it. What do you do when the people around you are miserable and they're complaining? Your flesh says, join in and be miserable and complaining with that, like them. But the Spirit of God says, be joyful and speak life. What do you do when someone's struggling around you? Your flesh says, well, they should have done this to, and they should have. But the Spirit says, be kind, be gracious, be compassionate. You know, friends, as we talk about this series about moving forward, we're talking about obedience to God. And the reality is we're... We, we are in this conflict between the flesh and the spirit. And God wants us to choose the spirit. What would your life look like if you chose the way of the spirit more regularly in your marriage? What would your life look like if you chose to live the Spirit's way more and more in the workplace or in your family setting or in the place where you're studying? What would your life look like? I reckon it would look different to the way it is now. I reckon you'd have greater trust with people, that people would rely on you more, they'd want to be around you more, that at home would be more and more peaceful, you'd have less fights in your marriage and your sex life will be better, men, because your wife just wants to be around you. Let's be people who choose to be led and live by the Spirit of God. Now, As we close, what is one area of your life where the flesh is winning? What's one area this morning where the flesh is winning and you're not following the Spirit? I'm going to invite the worship team to come in a minute. I'm going to have people here and if you like prayer this morning, please come and stand at the front and some will pray with you. But I want to lead you in a prayer first. And it's going to be a prayer firstly of confession and then repentance. Confession is, God, I've done the wrong thing. Repentance is, I choose to live another way. I choose to live by your Spirit. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and I'm going to lead you in that prayer around that one thing where the flesh is winning. Father, we want to thank you for your word, which explains our life situation so clearly. God, that I'll know that our flesh has been crucified, it's dead, it still raises its ugly head in our lives. And God, we want to now confess to you the area of our lives where the flesh is where the flesh is winning. And encourage you to do that now. And now repent, which is saying, God, I choose to live differently. I choose to live your way. Tell God the way you're going to live. Father, I pray that you will empower us by your Spirit to live this way. Father, may your Spirit so permeate our lives. Your Spirit of God will be so indwelled in us and filling us daily that we will be displaying the fruit of your Spirit more and more each day. That will be people who are are loving and joyful and faithful and gentle and people who are self-controlled. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Transform us. Help us to be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to have some prayer, come on, worship team, come now, please, before we release people so there's people here. Friends, if you'd like prayer this morning for what we spoke about today or another area of your life, please come forward and the worship team will pray with you. Otherwise, be released, have a great cup of tea. Make sure you grab Ken and Fiona, tackle them. Tell them you love them and welcome them.